Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. It is our intention that these messages be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. Few experiments in the history of science would ever be this simple, and few experiments would have had as great an impact on science and history. For more than a thousand years, Western medicine was dominated by one man's work and his writing. He had been the physician to a number of Roman emperors, including Marcus Aurelius. He is known today by the name Galen, but some had begun to question whether many of Galen's ideas were accurate. One of those was an Englishman by the name of William Harvey. The issue had to do with blood and the function of the heart. Galen had taught that the blood was made in the liver from food someone consumed, and then the blood was consumed by the tissues. In other words, the blood did not circulate. William Harvey was convinced that this was not correct, but he had to prove it. Again, his experiment was simple. Using a man with large, visible veins in his arm, he applied an elastic tourniquet, causing the veins to bulge even more. Picture what the nurse does today when they draw blood for a blood test. He then ran his finger up the arm away from the hand following the vein and observed that the blood did not flow backwards. That was it. It was proof that the blood in the veins flowed in one direction, towards the heart. The amazing thing was that every doctor could replicate this experiment, even doing it on themselves. The broader implication was that Galen had been wrong on this critical point, and that opened the door to further inquiry and doctors challenging other ideas of Galen. Soon other misunderstandings and incorrect assumptions of Galen were cast aside as others asked the question, what is the truth, and went looking for it. The history of medicine and disease is interesting, but is not the topic of this podcast. What is the topic of this podcast is the truth about the God of heaven and of Jesus. But how can we establish the truth about what really happened and what it means? In many ways, this has been one of the main themes of these episodes, and we have not exhausted that theme, not even close. We have talked about the evidence in secular history. We have discussed the investigation of Luke, an outside observer who wanted to reassure Theophilus that the story of Jesus was true. We have talked about the reliability of the Bible in things that cannot be fabricated or faked, such as geography, ancient kingdoms, and known political figures. This is not a fairy tale that begins with long, long ago and far, far away. The street in Damascus where Saul walked is still there. The location of Mars Hill in Athens is known, a place where the Apostle Paul spoke, and on and on. But know that even in the first century, as the story is spreading across the Roman Empire about Jesus, some had begun changing the story to fit their assumptions and values. Some had begun to teach that Jesus was not real, could not have died in the way the apostles reported, and that doing good and doing bad were really just the same thing. These ideas, and many others, had caused division and confusion among the believers, and they became known as the Gnostic teachings. 
To counter this corrupting influence, the Apostle John writes a series of letters to the believers that are known as 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. But the central idea that begins this discussion by John is where we will focus. Remember that the Gnostic teachers were mixing pagan ideas and superstitions with the story of Jesus. But how could John counter this? From 1st John, what was from the beginning? What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. Look at what proof John offers as the validity of what he is saying. John simply says, I saw Jesus myself as an eyewitness. But there is more here than John just seeing Jesus at a distance. This phrase about looking at and touching makes the point that he examined carefully. This is the idea of turning something over in your hand and seeing every facet of it, every angle and every element of something, or in this case, someone. Think about John spending over three years traveling, eating, and listening to Jesus. John witnessed many things that had been public, such as the feeding of over 5,000 people with just a handful of food. He had been in the boat when Jesus spoke and the storm stopped. He had also been at some of the less public events, such as the Transfiguration. John says, I saw, I examine, and I know. But what does he know? What has he examined so closely? John uses a specific designator. He calls Jesus the Word of Life. In Greek, this would be the term logos. John uses the same idea in the Gospel of John when he begins, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Again, he uses the word logos. But why? Why use this term? Part of the answer goes back to those that are trying to corrupt the message of Jesus, the good news or the Gospel. In these two statements, John links the message that has been shared around the world and is shared by the writers of the New Testament, a message that has given us as the perfect representation of Jesus. To play fast and loose with the story and the ideas there, something that these Gnostic teachers were doing, means you're not telling the true story of Jesus and thus risk misunderstanding and not knowing the Jesus of the Bible. But here's where our story about William Harvey is connected. Harvey gave the medical community a reason to challenge what they had been taught. He said, if you are going to represent the science of medicine, you must get your facts straight. You can choose to continue to believe a lie, that the heart does not pump the blood, but the truth is real and stands up to the test of time. John says that I was there as a witness and carefully followed what happened and what was taught, and what I am telling you is the truth. But he goes on and talks about what was manifested. 
This is kind of a strange word to us, but accurately describes what John is saying. So let's dig just a little bit to see what he is trying to say. Remember that he said that he not only saw, but carefully examined who Jesus is and what he taught. When John uses this word manifested, he is saying that this was intentional. Think about the more common word manifest. A manifest is a detailed list of what a truck or an airplane is carrying. You can check off each box or each passenger with nothing left out or nothing overlooked. This is how John is using this idea. The gospel is not only telling the truth, but is telling all of the truth. This directly attacks the premise of the Gnostic teaching. They wanted to go around and whisper that they had discovered a secret about Jesus that had not been told before, something that the apostles were trying to hide. This has a very seductive quality, the same quality that makes gossip so common. It is the added spice of, I know more than you. John takes this head on. John says, I was there. I saw. I heard. And I know the truth. The message that you have been taught in the gospel is the full disclosure of all the facts and was intended exactly that way. Nothing was overlooked and nothing was hidden. Also, if you are following that message of the gospel, something wonderful happens. You become a part of the story yourself. Listen again to what he says. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. This word fellowship often gets warped out of shape. Modern usage has the word focused on social gatherings or a meal. This word means much, much more. This is a joining of efforts, focus, and values in every tangible way. This is about a work that needs to get done and that someone can become directly connected to that work. There is a story about a horse that had become trapped at the bottom of a steep hill. Heavy equipment could not be used because of the slope, so the rescuers decided to do it the old-fashioned way. They rigged a harness, and using a large group of volunteers and a rope, they pulled that horse to safety. There was a picture published of the rescue, and you can see men, women, firemen, police officers, ranchers, and road workers that were nearby working together to accomplish this task. That is the idea of fellowship. They each had a part of pulling on that same rope. If we are going to share in the great blessings and the great work of rescuing man from sin, we can take our place on the rope line and pull too. If we do, we are working with the Apostle John and the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Matthew and Jesus himself because that rope is made up of the true story of Jesus. Those that are not telling that story are not a part of the effort and are not sharing in that rescue. He makes that very clear a little later in chapter 1 when John says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. 
But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. One last point about this opening verse. He makes it very clear who Jesus is as he identifies him as the Logos. In fact, the very first phrase places Jesus as divine when he says, what was from the beginning. Many Gnostic teachings expressed doubts or directly refuted the idea of Jesus being the divine Son of God. John says, let there be no doubt that was what was manifested by God. But have you noticed that the Gnostic teachings, these rumors and whispers that John is refuting, have you noticed they sound familiar? The truth is, the Gnostic teachings, whether they call themselves that or not, are alive and spreading today. Books and movies, and even some claiming to be religious teachers, take the same position and teaching the same things that the Gnostic of John's day did then. It is still not true. William Harvey had the opportunity to tell the truth. That idea revolutionized medicine and later science as a whole. Listen to John as he proclaims the truth, because he wants you to have every blessing and hope that can be found in the gospel message. This is what John means when he says that your joy can be made full, but you can't have it both ways. William Harvey threw down the challenge about the function of the heart and how blood moved through the body. And the doctors of the day had to choose Galen or Harvey, but it could not be both ways. John says, believing in Jesus, the Jesus of the gospel, or do you believe the lies of the Gnostics? But you can't have it both ways. Much of modern medical science began with William Harvey when he showed what was right and what was wrong when you listened to a heartbeat. When looking at the Bible story, John says, There is a right and there is a wrong. The heartbeat of the gospel is the true Jesus, the Jesus that John knew well. Listen to that heartbeat and live. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.